My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You are listening to Scoop B Radio. What's going on? I hope wherever you're listening from, you and your loved ones are safe during this COVID-19 period. Hey, this is the producer of Scoopy Radio, DJ Manio. I would just like to take the time out to give a big thanks for the listeners to the pod. We did record numbers last month. So on behalf of Scoopy and myself, thank you for the four years of supporting Brandon on his media journey. If you have a few minutes to spare, please fill out a short listener survey. Go to scoopyradio.com slash poll. You can also share your opinions about the show so we know what works and what we can do better. That's scoopyradio.com slash poll. S-C-O-O-P, the letter B-R-A-D-I-O dot com slash P-O-L-L. Don't worry if you didn't catch any of that. The link will be in the description. You're listening to Scoopy Radio with Brendan Robinson. E.K. Manny. Manny. L. Scoopy Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bond said, yo, the best in the business. That's word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the word of Scoop. Instagram now. At follow Scoop him. At Scoop B. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoop Radio. Radio. In your oh airwaves. On the plane. On the train. Everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoop B. Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. Make sure, most importantly, to subscribe to the Scoop B Radio podcast on all streaming platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or simply by visiting ScoopBRadio.com. 2.1 million streams last year. One of the reasons why is because 
We get newsmakers, no different here is on the line right now. We have my main man, Bismack Biyombo of the Charlotte Hornets. Bismack, what's going on, my guy? No much. Nothing crazy happening. How are you? Man, I'm blessed. I'm blessed and highly favored. You are the man of the hour. You do a lot um, charitable uh, with your platform. And it's funny because it's literally like I'm seeing Dikembe Mutombo 2.0. He's from your, your area, if I'm not mistaken. Tell me about your level of busy during the pandemic. Radio. <laughs> uh, my level of busy, I'll probably say from zero to 10 was about an eight. Okay. Uh, because I had to deal with two things. One was, you know, the union and what mm-hmm. was going on. And the other things was the situation back home. You know, how we could find ways to help and hopefully put people in better condition uh, in case the pandemic do hit us hard. Uh, thankfully, uh, we were able to, you know, I was able to handle the two just fine. Uh, we did a lot of work back home, uh, my foundation. Obviously, with the union, uh, we were all trying to figure a way to get the league back up and running, uh, which was pretty excited um, going to that process and, and then going to the process of working with the government back home, uh, helping people understand uh, the reality of the problem, how we could solve it in the short term and how we were going to look like in the long term, because in the short term, we weren't hit yet with the pandemic. Uh, it was just at the beginning. I think we had 50 cases. Uh, that was before it just goes up uh, to a thousand plus, and then from there we keep going up. So that's kind of long story short what I've been in. And on top of that, I was trying to stay in shape uh, so that uh, when the, the season do resume and if we were playing, then I'll be ready for it. Yeah, the number seven overall pick in the 2011 draft. There's like you um, to talk about hopefully there's a season you do a lot with the union. How difficult was talks and just handling things for you this time around, particularly with people having different opinions about how things should go? How has your level of busy been different in that regard in other years? Uh, I think this is by far the busiest I've been uh, because, you know, like, obviously going to this, you get a lot of questions from players uh, that you can bring to the union. And then you get to be on a lot of these phone calls or we're trying to find a solution while we all have different ideas and opinion and we're trying to narrow that into, you know, the same kind of understanding, same mindset so that everybody can be on the same page. Uh, I think one of the most interesting things for me was just being able to be more of a listener Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you have a lot of players that are not part of the union. They always want to express themselves. Mm -hmm. So uh, rather than international players or the national players, uh, by being able to listen to them and listen to what they have to say about the situation, how we could go by it. Because we gather information not just for people that work within the union, but also players uh, all around the league, um, players that came before us, because we were dealing with a lot of things. It's not just getting the league back up and running. You know, we had the social uh, injustice issues that we were facing. Uh, Black Lives Matter movement going on. You know, uh, players coming up with different ideas and how we could proceed by it. So the whole process was, uh, to me, very interesting. 
And at the same time, you get to educate yourself in a lot of things and being able to help other players as well, which was very important. Help me understand something. So, like, <clears throat> I've gone on different shows, and I'm explaining the union. Um, I have a familiarity mm -hmm. with it because Kyrie is one of the VPs. And a lot of people right. say, well, I only think there's one VP. Number one, how many mm -hmm. VPs are there actually? Uh, I think there's four VPs. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, there's a first vice president, which, which is Andre. And then, like, there's Kyrie. But then, uh, actually, there's more than that. Uh, there is uh, Gary Temple. Uh, there is uh, CJ, Nicole, uh, me, uh, uh, Anthony Tolliver, which is the Secretary of Treasury. And then we have CP3 as the president of the union, and then Michelle Roberts, obviously. Right. So when I explain to people just the different roles, the best of my ability, I think it's one thing in theory to people to realize that a certain player is president or vice president. It's another thing when they try to understand or fathom people's roles. So, like, mm -hmm. if you have a president and you have a multiple VPs, how does everybody's yeah. role differ as a VP? Like, how does your role differ than Iguodala, than to Kyrie? Because some people, they don't know. Help help me understand that. To be honest, Kyrie and I, you know, like most of the vice president, we, we all have the same role. But to be honest with you, it's just going through this process. Obviously, CP3 have a lot more phone conversation or phone calls than we do. Right. Probably a lot with a lot more players and owners and all that whatnot. Uh, but then when all these issues are brought to the table, like all of us as vice president, I've got to be part of the solution, you know, mm -hmm. uh, bringing up ideas, uh, coming up with ways that uh, how the league going to look like in the next year or two, you know, knowing that we're going to this now. So just being able to support players, uh, being the voice of the players, uh, but mostly like all, all the vice president, we all have this kind of the same, uh, exact, uh, job. But again, it's, it's 450 players. Sure. It would be tough to, to only have like two vice presidents, which at sure. first I didn't understand until we had to go through the pandemic. And then you see all of this amount of players hitting you up, like when they know there's going to be a phone call, they have questions. And you have all these questions from players that you have built relationships that you know, and the ones that you don't know, sending you this amount of questions and you're sitting there like, well, this is me now. I don't know what the next guy is going to. Right. <laughs> so, but at the same time, you know, we all have um, kind of the same role, but we're just trying to do the best we can uh, to make sure we represent the players the right way. And we get the uh, the right deal done between our union and the NBA, which is very important. I think we, you know, our job is to make sure we represent uh, uh, our colleagues to the best of our ability. You you explain it in a, in a in a simplistic way because when I explain it to like cousins who will call me and ask, I say, you know, like if you grow up in the church, people have the title deacon or minister. Each deacon and minister is not the same, but they all have that title. They just go about it differently. Right. right. Now, like we had a lot of phone calls, and you know, CP3 said, I think uh, uh, probably at the beginning of this year, uh, what it was like, man, this is the best uh, executive committee 
I've ever been part of because we have a mix of max bill guy, mid-level guy, minimum guy, by everybody trying to accomplish the same thing and you get opinion from everybody across the room. And I think that's what really this play, you know, comes in play where you're able to get opinion from and the guys on top and the guys in the bottom and the guys in the middle. And this, you know, to me, it has been fun. You know, it has been fun. We have a mix of younger guys, veterans, and uh, our union has been fun to be part of it, to be honest. We've come a long way since since Oscar Robertson was one of the founders and then Patrick Ewing was was the face of it and you had other guys. But the, the, the Players Association, like you said, seems to be in good hands. When you look at some of the younger players who have reached out to you during the pandemic, do you think that you mm. guys will leave it in even better hands when you guys do switch hands at some point? Do you think they learned a lot on the job during the pandemic? What, the younger guys? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, our goal has always been to pass along the message. You know, uh, everybody tried to share the information, which is the beauty of the NBA. This is not just about, like, the union. I think when I came in the league, uh, I had veterans on my team that was just sharing all the information they know. And, you know, the NBA, the union has become like a brotherhood to where, you know, you see a young guy that wants to run on your past along as much information as you can, however much you know, so you can also educate them on the now and the future. And a lot of them have been very good listeners, you know. Uh, a lot of them try to educate themselves, which I think it's, it's very good for our league because you always want to look at a bigger picture on the brighter side of things. And, and you know, looking back, like, you know, when I came in the league, like, for young guys, the union was just, you know, yeah, they work for us, but that's it, you know. There is issues, the union will take care of it. But versus now, you have more young guys that, yes, this is the issue, but how are we fixing the issues? How are we going to come up with a solution? Here is my suggestion. Maybe this might be able to help or not. But at the same time, they're still involved. They want to do um, good and better. Just like with the movement that we're seeing now with Black Lives Matter, you know. They, they, this generation want to do more and they're ready to do more, which is very exciting. But that's why it really has been fun. Who has been some of your mentors when you first came? Who was your OG when you came into the league? Because you're 27, but you're like an old soul, Bismack. Who was I, who were your OGs when you came in? Man, so when I came in, I had a, a Boris Yao uh, was really my vet because uh, I was just coming from Europe. Uh, you know, it took me everywhere. You know, uh, had dinner with him, lunch, uh, and then obviously in the morning. After practice, I hang out with him always, always. And then, um, I think then we had a guy in a job who was a guy that would really give good advice, uh, to younger guys. And plus, it was just me and Kemba as the youngest guy on the team. Uh, but Boris really kind of helped me out through the process, you know, the things you're supposed to do, the things you're not supposed to do. Um, and, and at the same time, you know, as you continue to grow, you, you continue to meet more vets, you know, the ones you played, you compete against. Uh, everybody will still share information, which is the beauty of the league. You talked about Kimba. He was your teammate in Charlotte. 
You watched him a little bit during the season. What has surprised you about him this season? Kemba has always been a hard worker. And, uh, you know, he's, he's my friend, he's my family, you know. Uh, we came in the league together. We grew uh, throughout the years. Um, you know, I've always, one thing I've always admired by Kemba is his is, is, is work ethic. You know, when, when you get in the gym to work out, I remember one time, you know, it was practice, you know, it was a lockout here. A lot of guys were hurt. And, you know, we went out from the practice call for practice. It was just him and I. So he was working on one side and I was working on the other side. Can't remember how long we worked out for, but then at the end, they were just joking about it like, man, the NBA is really crazy. And a lot of them always like, you know, like hard work will get you so far in this league and you just have to be patient with the process. But just being able to see him going from, you know, the rookie, the young guys that came into the league, becoming a leader and an all-star starter, is, you know, to me it's beyond, uh, you know, it's beyond amazing to witness that and to, and to get to know him as a person. Is is by far one of the coolest dudes you can you can be around uh, outside of basketball. So uh, you know, there's only so much good that I can say about my brother. For you, um, the Kim and Matumbo is from the Congo, just like you, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. How old were you the first time that you met him? How old was I? Uh, mm-hmm. To be honest, you know. I, I didn't even met Mutombo back home. The first time I met Mutombo was when I came here uh, during the draft process, actually. And we didn't meet in person, I believe. We met through a phone call uh, that was, you know, uh, was pre-draft or something in the morning, you know, when they were setting up everything, giving out credentials. Mm-hmm. I think Kim Bohoni that worked with the NBA called him and say, yo, you got to talk to this young guy from Congo. And then um, and then that was the first introduction. And then uh, the first time, actually, uh, we saw each other in person. If I'm not mistaken, it was in South Africa during BWB. And that's when we started build, building our relationship. Um, and uh, and that's kind of how things unfold with him. Tell me something. You, a um, few minutes left. You, <clears throat> uh, there's been talk about a bubble, a second bubble in Chicago. Um, how mm. much of that is the Players Association involvement in that process, and what's the latest with it from your perspective? You know, I would love to come comment on that, uh, but uh, I think it's still an ongoing conversation. Um, I don't know what that is because it really hasn't been brought up a lot. Um, as everybody knows, there there is the focus and the bubble that's actually happening right now. You know, the little issues that needs to be fixed and all these things. So, you know, there hasn't been a lot of conversation on that. And uh, and I think as you know, more information and as we kind of get into the point of bringing this all thing to the table, then uh, you know, we can actually speak more about it. But you know. If there were if there were more, much to say on this, I should have, but I don't think there there is really, to be honest. Fair enough, diplomatic enough. I respect it, uh, Bismack. When you look at your season overall, um, number one, I was impressed when I when I was preparing for this interview with you. You're six eight. 
but you have a seven six wingspan. You're like mm-hmm. you're like Le- LeBron James height with Yao Ming arm strength. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> no man, you know it. Uh, it just helped me compete at this level, which is the NBA. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that are athletic, and especially at my position. You know, every night you get out there, people come up, and people are athletic and their skills. So, you know, thankfully I have long arm, but also, you know, I've, I've got to grow into this player. Uh, you know, like my season with the team was great um, because, you know, this was the first time actually I had to, I had a lot of young guys lean on me and being able to help them go through the process of growth, you know, and understanding the NBA uh, on and off the floor. Um, at the same time, for me, it was fun because now you have to go faster, you have to lower your mistakes. Um, and at the same time, you always have to open your, your ears so you can listen to what they have to say, the comments they have to make. And, uh, and most importantly, you become the bridge between the players and the coaches and the front office. Uh, and on top of that, you got to enjoy the game. So the game, uh, for me, was fun. This season was great for me. Uh, I had a great season, but despite the fact that I had a great season, uh, you know, I wanted to go to Orlando and play. And, like, situation came up the way it came up. Obviously, we have to support it. Um, but it gives me time to prepare even more and and be ready for next season because I can't wait for next season. Whenever that time comes, I'll, I'll for sure be ready for them. Last question. When I look at um, the NBA's Eastern Conference from seeds one through eight, um, it seems like the two, it seems oftentimes that people slight the big man. And so when I, you as a big man, I think you're an authoritative person to speak on this. When I look at seeds one through eight, um, I look mm-hmm. at Joel Embiid, and I look at mm-hmm. Marc Gasol. Um, right. When you're guarding both of them, um, what is the biggest difference in your mind between guarding Gasol, who's with the Raptors, and guarding Joel Embiid, who's with the 76ers? You know, uh, to me, there, you know, there's not really big of a difference because the mindset going into a game, for me, has always been, uh, number one, I want to win the game. You know, whatever it takes. It, it has always been that way. I really never go into a game like, man, I'm playing Joel and Dio, I'm playing Marcus Hall, I'm playing this guy or Serge or, or Pascal because I do. And then, you know, because the game now has shifted to small ball, I can guard the small. So now when we get into switching one to five, if I go into a game knowing that the coach is going to want to switch one to five, if my only focus is on Joel, Mark, Serge, uh, whoever are the big, then I'm not helping the team because eventually I have to guard the guard. And how do I find ways to make sure that not only I can play defense on the person that I'm guarding, but I could also help other guys. So it, my mentality has always been that way. You know, I'm, I'm going into a game to play the whole game, not to play against somebody. And obviously, at the end of the day, you know, you know, whoever wins the game, you shake his hand, you respect him. 
but you know uh at the same time for me like now because the game shifts you have guards that hand up on on the base and how how can we incorporate something that we can actually help the guards that starting the big or me guarding the big and now the ball is moving i still kind of got to play team different so therefore my mentality every game has always been number one i want to win number two is how can i help everybody on the floor feel comfortable with me being there you know rather i switch on the small or rather i'm guarding the big so that's kind of you know what i can say on that because you know a lot of guys tend to say you know I love the matchup against this guy. It's great if you go and score 50 points, but if your team still lose, well, I don't know. I don't know how that that feels, you know. But then, you know, we all think different. I've always respected other people's perspective on the way they look at the game. Uh, but me, if I can win every night, I'm pretty happy with that. That's fair enough. I got a minute left. I got to ask, will you be watching the bubble? And being an Eastern Conference guy, and even though you guys are not in it, who impresses you the most in the Eastern Conference? You know, uh, before the pandemic happened, you could talk about, like, this team, that team. But once the pandemic hit, the reality of it is, you know, some players might say they were working out. Maybe they weren't working out. Some players may say they weren't working out. They were working out. So there's always the 50-50. And for me, it's, it's difficult right now to choose a team saying this thing going to impress me the most until we see like the first week of basketball. Sure. So one thing that, you know, knock on wood, I don't want anybody to get hurt. But if you see somebody go like Rajon Rondo went down for the Lakers, that's a big loss for them. So is that going to change a lot of things for them? Absolutely not. They got to figure out things, who they're going to play here, who they're going to play there. They have to move pieces. So it, it, it changed the dynamic of the team. And now, for me, it's just that, you know, let's wait and see how teams get in shape, who get in shape. And then, uh, you know, once the one week is passed, then I can start saying, well, based on the way this team is playing, I think they're ready. They're probably going to be a team to watch. Uh, the way that team is playing, few players don't look good. Might not turn out to be so good for them. So, you know, I'm just patient, uh, waiting to see when that starts. Uh, while still working out and staying ready, because I got the next four months to be ready. I don't, I don't know when's the last time I have four months to be ready. Get my body <laughs> and my skill right. Uh, I'm excited. <laughs> Fair enough, brother. Here's the good news. You're off the hot seat. Thank you for your time, my man. And this is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Dunkin'. Kaboom! Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.